Rocket baby. Speaking of rockets. High drive. Way back. Right field. Schwarber does it again. An absolute bomb out of here. Kyle Schwarber. His fifth home run of this championship series. Harper. Another drive. How far will it fly? Schwarber and Harper do it again. Four to nothing Phillies. Bryce Harper homers off Gallon again. His second of this NLCS. He's got five now this postseason. Harper, 450. Schwarber, let's make it 470. Wow, what a win, baby. The bats woke up. Kid from Eustace. I wish I could sing. Damn, I can't sing a lick. Nope. Well, we know one thing. It's it's not Zach Gallen. It ain't Zach. Hi, atop the west side of Cherry Hill. Oh, boy, what a win, what a win, what a win. So, start to throw some... Uh, best accolades around now if you if you high atop the west side Jerry I think we said that best accolades around if you want to for in my opinion of course the whole show's I guess in my opinion when Bud's here Chad's opinion I'll take Wheeler moving forward right now as the best pitcher in baseball hands down uh, I'll I'll just keep it to National League I don't really need to concern myself with the American League which I don't watch. As religiously, I'll take the uh, tandem of Nola and Wheeler as the best one-two punch in the National League, and I'm real happy about that, although I'm not so sure we'll have Nola back. I hope we do to block, you know, in the Army, the, the sometimes the, uh, you know, the not the lieutenants, help me out here, gang, the, the, the generals, the general, Ralph Cranham. Uh, it's it's who they block. It's who they bluff, right? Uh, have the enemy think they were one location. We're hiding out to the side of that. They bomb that location. And here we come. It's part of a World War II strategy, I think. The uh, we got to keep Noah's to block the Braves. I'm not worried about the Mets. The Mets are going to be bad now for five years. I mean, I mean, could if they got Otani and Noah, Noah's got to come back because. There's some really good news. I mean, there's some really, really good news now because you used to think that the minor leagues let us down. Yeah, you thought that. Don't say you didn't. Come on. You did think that, that the minor leagues let us down. But now you look around and you see Stott, who's 25, a year younger than Utley broke in when he was had his first breakout year. So Utley uh, jockeyed between the minor leagues in the big league club, 24-25, broke out kind of in 26, 27 months to a year. Stotts got two years on him in that, in that regard. He put up a five-war this year. There's He looks like he's in line next year to put up a, a six, a seven, maybe an eight, eight elite, elite, elite. Uh, but look how good he is defensively. Now, in my opinion, again, let's uh, add to bias. He's the best second baseman in baseball right now. I don't watch them all frequently but i watch him enough to know i can't imagine who's better i say that not just for his range and his diving ability which is used as a second baseman huge to be able to dive uh, i say it now because of, i've studied him turning to pivot to double play 
and he's just magic. You, you, you can't follow his hands. I told you on another podcast in slow motion. I slow him down. I slide bar him, and you can't follow his hands. You can't follow the pivot. He's that good. He plays smart positional second base like Utley. Reminds me so much of Utley. Heady, big two-out play, knocks balls down. You saw him go to his left in this series wonderfully, but didn't you see him over the bag at second wonderfully? Didn't you see him make a play tonight that when he made it and he planned it, you thought no play? Now, the guy wasn't fleet of foot. He ran like I do, but you know he throws him out by 10 feet also. I mean, he'll cover the middle. He'll cover to his left. He goes back well over his shoulder. He has a cannon. He turns a double play. Uh, he, he's, he's got savvy and smarts, and he's, you know, friggin' 25. Um, and Turner's here for 10, and now he's figured it out. Is he going to stay this hot the rest of his next decade? Well, stay tuned, because once he got it figured out, and uh, apparently more than the state innovation was the grip, was putting too much torque on the bat. If you watch the players, lower loose hand, right? And he was torquing the bat. You over-squeeze the bat, kids. If you just go out there and squeeze the bat as hard as you can, squeeze till your, your wrist and hands hurt, now try to swing. You can't. You're locked out. So there's a balance between holding the bat, you know, firm enough to be able to control and swing the bat and not over-squeezing the bat. And according to the, the Kevin Long, the batting coach, conversation I had, he said he was definitely squeezing the bat. So that's uh, how exciting is that? And even though he's struggling right now, look how he's playing defensively, Alex Baum. I mean, I'll take the defense right now. I will take that uh, that next step up, that graduated step up defensively because we questioned whether he would ever be that defensive third baseman. And, uh, you know, the early vote, the early returns are – Look at him grow, okay? And hitting-wise, uh, you know, he took a he, not a quantum leap this year, but he took a measurable leap in OPS, but I think he's going to be fine with more experience. And and if you don't think Harper's carved out first base, think again, okay? The, again, I told you the other day on the podcast, the only difficulty Harper's having right now is going to his right and deciding what ball to go commit to and go back and retreat. That's a tricky thing especially when you're super quick, first foot, uh, and you're super aggressive. He's both of those things. So to Harper's mind, I want to go get everything. But there's certain plays where he's got to know his second baseman shifted over is there, and he's getting that. So now he's retreating. He got caught in a, a ball tonight, got back. He's getting better at that. That's the last thing to come. He's scooping. Uh, he's catching. He's He's catching all the smoke balls, you know, the exit Vila 110 balls. He's making those, a couple nifty backhands. Uh, you know, a couple balls get through in this series. You're talking about different outcomes maybe, right? But So so now you're infield. You know, I, I don't think you'll have a, a year as bad uh, as Turner defensively again. I don't think you're going to uh, top, you know, 20, 25 hours. But even with that, with the errors, he'll give you some incredible plays because of quickness and length, okay? Uh, and the throw home he made the other day and all that. So, you, you know, and you, you're going to have Castian right, and you're going to have uh, Rojas in center. Let's hope he hits more. The, the jury's out on that. I think he will. And that forces Marsh, who's just been an unbelievable godsend this year. A little insulted that he wasn't playing in the beginning of the postseason. Went up there against lefties, did okay. I think you just pencil Marsh in and let him be. Helps a team in uh, ordinary amount of ways. 
So in JT, I mean, if I had to pick one guy as my like little personal MVP for a lot of different reasons, I may not be picking Harper. Of course you are, but how much I love JT. If I if I had one player to hang with one night at the Capitol Grill uh, and have dinner with, and it's a tough call because how cool is Schwarber? I mean, all his post game interviews are. Like letter perfect, what he has to say. Such a team player, giving credit out, and you know, I I, I love him. But JT be the guy I'd, I'd want to share baseball uh, ideologies with, and just you know, talk about the game. Um, he's in such command. I mean, he steps up in the playoffs. So there's now you add to that with whatever adjustments they make for next year. I don't think any big names. So the, the point I make here, it's long winded, is how this team is positioned. Not for one-year fleeting success. This team is just young enough with new talent, new blood, uh, and whatever they sprinkle on it for next year. But if you, I think the whole thing pivots on Nola coming back, and uh, and they're you know he could be doing this postseason World Series thing, you know, every year. Um, let's talk about a couple things that I found astounding other than, than the massive home runs by Harper and, and Schwarber, um, that they got to Zach Gallon. Sorry that I misled you not once, but twice on watch out for Zach Gallon. I watched this guy all year long dominate the Dodgers, the better hitting teams, the Braves. They couldn't figure him out. I mean, this kid, especially at home with a two, two, five VRA, and uh, 13 and three. This guy was devastating. Um, never through 96 or 98, but, but his fastball just looked more live, alive. It, it, his stuff looked better. He, he was snapping things 12 six. Right from the beginning, you could tell that it wasn't there again tonight. But I think it's a bigger credit to the Phillies' bats, man. It, they're that law machine, man. I mean, that batting order. Is we we said this we said this all year long. We wanted to tweak. We we were discussed it when the defense was tilted. But let me tell you what's happening on the defense. We've already talked about you know all boats. You know incoming tide. When you change one, you change them all. You've actually changed five positions. Okay, the experiment bomb. We've already went ran through it all. So now they're collectively you know gaining energy off each other because they're playing their positions. They're assigned better. But this is another key point. The reason I think you're seeing such resurgence from uh, Schwarber all of a sudden is now for a sustained bunch of games, you've got him the hell out of left field. Imagine what it's like to be a pro and be very, very proud as he is. All pros are, but you take it so so to the heart, man. I mean, you get down when, when you screw up. Imagine some of the just complete horrible-looking plays that we watched, balls that were hit that rolled up his sleeve, the throws to second that bounced three times, throws home that never threw a guy out all year long, and the runners all advanced. Uh, balls in the corner that he would pull up, shoulders up, we call it, and the ball would hit, and he probably could have caught it, but he, how fast can that guy like Kyle Schwarber, middle linebacker, go into a corner? I mean, you got to worry about your safety. So he, he became worse and worse. And the DRS numbers of minus 15 bear that out. He ends up being as bad as uh, anybody ever out in left field. So now you put him at DH, you make him comfortable, and he's just focused on being a better, if not great, or great hitter. 
And that's what he's doing. So I, I think the change from left field to DH has a lot to do with peace and comfort of mind where he doesn't have that negative uh, tug on him about, oh, man, how did I screw up? What's going on? They, these guys carry that right to the dugout. Now it's your turn to hit. Do you think you got a clear mind right about a 100-mile-an-hour pitcher zipping you inside, or do you think you're still back out in left field wondering why you can't catch a goddamn ball to your right? So I, I think it's huge, and I, I think the psyche of Major League Baseball plays that way. That's the order of the house. That's the order of the game, and I think it's really impacted him. What was astounding tonight also was the fact that Carroll gets on base, I think was the second, and uh, may have been the first, and they had first and third, and uh, and they didn't run. I got to tell you, this guy now has watched a whole bunch of pitches and uh, has not taken off. But now that's disgusting enough, the lack of courage to attempt. You attempt the first time the first game, and let's see what JT does or what pitch or what Wheeler threw and all that stuff you measure. Okay, that's all information you put in to the analytics and dashboard and, and decipher. But we don't, he doesn't know that because he never tried. It, it's a tad cowardly, in my opinion. The, and now he's first and third tonight. The, the Arizona has a, already had the dress rehearsal. They watched Philly pull off the double steal and score. We'll get into that in a bit. So they had the model right in front of them. They have the, you know, arguably the fastest guy in baseball at third, Carroll, and they don't even attempt that, but they don't even attempt to take second. At the time, the Phillies are going to concede second so he doesn't score. It was an important run at the time. They don't even try. I mean, Coach, or I listen, I can't believe that. I mean, how Arizona handled that double steal Chad and Colin were Texan. Uh, they both played for the South Jersey Elite. Uh, Colin's dad uh, was the was the coach, and we had a great one run, won a whole rafter of championships over like four or five years. And uh, and Kyle was the shortstop, and Chad was the second baseman. And they were they were not so kidding around Texan that they ran that double steal defensive execution better than Arizona did tonight with the fake. Uh, intercept and pull the glove down. And, and I, I said, Dusha, I think you're 100% correct. Uh, w- it was hard to run that against us at that time. And we're talking about guys that were 16 to, to 19 years old. Um, but Arizona, man, really botched it. You have a bad throw by a great catcher. He bounces it. Then the middle infielder has to do a, a funky backhand. He does. And he bounces it and just gets the catcher return mail killed. Harper had no choice but to plant him. And if you notice on the play, what a great guy Harper is for his fiercer competitor, Robbie, who's been around the Yankees for 20 years, Robbie calling him maybe the best he's seen competitor-wise in the postgame, calling Harper maybe the best he's seen as far as everything, hustle, dig, determination, the whole bit, clutch, playoffs. He's played with some pretty good players. Take a look at the Yankee years that, that Thompson was there. But, you know, Harper plants the catcher, hits him good. You know, he hits him about the head area and all that. And then there's Harper's over the catcher like he's going to give him CPR as the play is live. Now, I got a text from a few people saying, if the catcher is in imminent danger, can the umpire immediately call dead ball and stop the game? Yes and no. The yes part is in amateur baseball. The rule books are written. Uh, at least through up to high school. I'm not 
positive about high school. But Babe Ruth, travel, little league. If a player, say, for instance, gets hit in the throat and he goes down and he's not breathing, uh, you're an umpire. I've done this. Dead ball. You stop it. I'm not going to watch a runner go from home plate to third as a kid's gasping for air at shortstop to get hit in the Adam's apple. I don't think such a rule exists in pro baseball. I'm quite sure it doesn't. I've never seen them stop anything. But if they ever were, it looked like it was going to be tonight's play when Harper was leaning over Marino to see how he was doing. It really did look like he was going to give him CPR. So the Phillies make something happen. They remain aggressive. They've been running throughout the series. Arizona gets on base and sits on it with a guy who's got 55 steals. If you can figure that out, would you please text me tomorrow at 609 because I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I absolutely could not believe. Uh, Philly fan support. I'm hearing from some friends that are out there that there was no less than 15,000 Phillies fans that made the trip. That's not verified. I don't know that to be a fact. That's what I was told, which is pretty darn good fan support. That's not like traveling across a local bridge. It's a pretty big trip right there. Um, and we bring it back for uh, it's it, how perfect you know it's the weekend. You get the uh, you get tomorrow, uh, you get Houston, and then tomorrow night you get the Eagles in, in Miami, and uh, take a breather and get ready for Monday night. That place is going to be absolutely insane with all. I, I love them. I love them. And taking Monday night back in the lit. It's just a matter of who's going to like the cauldron, right? That's the only decision. Wheeler is amazing. Uh, Schwarber continues to build records, postseason records. They got to get the top fixed. I mean, it's it's to the point now where you got to say to Topper, it's it's no longer a laughing matter. It's no longer stubborn. Just read the slug. Schwarber six ninety, Turner seven fifty six, Harper seven seventy one. You drop down to uh, Bohm at seven eighty two slug, and Stott three sixteen. So now the tandem of Bohm and Stott is going to put the cold bucket of water on, on crooked numbers and rallies. Then you pick it back up to JT at 561 and, and Castellanos who struggle a little bit, 692, and then, then Marsh at 548. So uh, you, can move a, you can move them all up and let the bottom of the order be the bottom of the order. That's how baseball's played. And stick with Schwerber at leadoff there. I finally said it. So you won't have necessarily a high batting average, although it's certainly getting better uh, by the game. But if the bottom of the order suffers, how many teams suffer at 7, 8, and 9? That's not the end of the world if the top six guys are going to hit in a cluster. Do much how more run production you're talking about with those slugging. But you can't have that much action on the bases and bring up Bone to constantly end the thing. You just can't be a rally killer in that, in that regard. And that's, again, I think you're probably going to hear it every podcast. I mean, and I don't care when he breaks out. If he breaks out and it's too late, I want to tell you it's too late. If he breaks out and has a couple of hits like last night, I want to tell you what, what could have been like if we had the other guys up there. He's just not our four-hitter. And I don't know that he's our four-hitter next year on this team. So, and I know next year we're going to see who our leadoff hitter is going to be. The, the, the jury has returned the verdict on that. That ship has sailed. I'm used to it. It's going to be Kyle Schwarber next year and all next year. All right. But, uh, yeah, there's other detail. We're close to 20. There's other detail we could go into. But at large, we just take the, the great win tonight. The bats woke up. 
We cut the strikeouts. Uh, I think we ended up with three walks, five strikeouts. That's not a bad ratio. What you can't have is two walks and, and 12 strikeouts. That's not going to win you games. Played the game smart tonight. We got pitching. Hoffman looked like, you know, King Kong. Um, hey, he's he's a force, man. He's running that bad boy up to gin mill at 98 miles an hour. He's, he's, he's a force. Wheeler just seems to get better. I did monitor his fastball. Top at 96 in the first inning. Top and still 96 in the seventh. First time that's happened in postseason. He had precipitous drops like 97 down to 94. Uh, on average, he was maintaining pretty close to the 95 slash 96 that he had in the first inning. Very, very impressive. So let's hope maybe there is an adjustment to get the batting order tweaked. I don't think Robbie's going to make a change while we're winning. Uh, and if we win it Monday night, let's say if we do, I don't think you know he's going to go with it. You know if it ain't broke. Uh, and I hear that, and part of me respects some of that, but that's all I can give you. I, I, you still got to make the lineup right, and it's just not right with uh, with Bowman in the four spot. So uh, great job, everybody. Great job, the fans that traveled out there. The game ended just in time for SNL. How perfect, pretty good monologue to open up. Sunday, get to church. Thank God for many blessings and say a couple uh, special prayers for uh, some special intentions. Uh, that we got going on and, and all that. And uh, thank you for the, the text and follow-up. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Next week, uh, I'm looking forward to getting uh, my partner back, hopefully early in the week. And um, that's that. That's a wrap. So have a great Sunday. Won't be on tomorrow. No game. Uh, and Monday night, we have a game. Is it possible we will do with the Tuesday with Angelo? Will we do a long on Monday and a long on Tuesday? Probably not. Uh, so it's more than likely going to be a short uh, on, well, Fergo football, you didn't miss a lot in college football. I mean, you know, Penn State laid an egg against Ohio State. Is there anything new there? What a, what a, I can't even call Penn State a choke organization. It's, it's a perennial flop, all dressed up. For the gala, you know the text. The tux looks good. You got the nice ride. Smell good. The hair looks good, but you can't dance when you get there. You just flat out can't dance. And I can't watch. Frankly, I can't. I can't watch Penn State in a big game. I cannot. It's beyond brutal. I hope I didn't lose a few listeners that are Nittany Lion fans because if you are, you've asked yourself by now, why do we suck every time we play in a big game? And uh, and and the quarterback. I mean, they're putting up 35 points a game. The guy is rancid, unless I was watching a backup where I didn't, I didn't really watch the game intently. I had some work I was doing for GFC today, a lot of phone calls I had to make. Had to get him on in the background. And what I saw was just macabre. It was really bad. Uh, but I did see Cousin Tony cutting a rug uh, on a Friday night, uh, ladies in red party. And uh, my man still has it. My man can still cut the rug. Absolutely bringing it home. Hats off, Tone. You're looking good, bud. Teach me a few of those uh, moves, will you? All right. We are out of here. We'll bring you the music. I probably skipped a few things I should have talked about. But it's all in love. And uh, go Phillies. And hope to bring you back Monday night short with the ticket to the World Series. Man, doesn't that sound pretty sweet? Let's go. Out of here. Brand. Bring it home, boys. One more. Light the cold. Bring your money. 
and deposit at the bank. 